Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we are covering what is happening in the retail space right at this moment, given the interest rate hikes, our national tenants slowing down on their leases, and what should you keep in mind when negotiating a lease in today's environment? We are chatting with James Shang. He is the founder of the Iconic Company. He is a veteran in the leasing space industry with over 20 years of experience. Here we go. James, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited and thankful that you are here because you were one of the very, very, very first people that said yes to coming on to this podcast when we didn't have many listeners at all. And it was very generous of you, given your extremely busy schedule. So first, thank you so much. Um, But why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you? Of course. Well, thank you for the opportunity and, and happy to do it. We started this company in March of 21, which I think a lot of people questioned at the time. Uh, I, I left Cushman and Wakefield after a very happy career with them, close to 20 years, and decided to be an advocate uh, for my arguably second half of my career and try to curate and be purposeful. Uh, with how I wanted to uh, participate in the industry. It's been a uh, very humbling journey in a, in a positive way. All my clients, uh, when given notice, were gracious enough to, to want to come. And we do a lot of institutional work, uh, both on the, the tenant side and the agency side, and uh, has have been off to the races uh, since day one. Uh, we control a little bit over 19 million square feet in the greater Bay Area and work with over 100 national and regional tenants from big box tenants down to shop tenants. So uh, we've remained very active. Uh, the business continues to grow. We are a company of nine currently, but are looking to grow, not to grow quantitatively uh, or with the purpose of growing quantitatively, but more qualitatively. So uh, we really uh, hold dear to our hearts, our ethos and our standard. And it's something that uh, if we find people who share that, uh, we uh, explore opportunities to potentially bring them in um, as, as partners. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Just in a year and a half, accomplishing all of that. That is incredible. Thank you. So let's jump into, I want to do a series right now because things are changing and I believe uh, sellers are starting to understand that, but the whole industry is going to be changing uh, in the next uh, year and two potentially. So are you seeing that right now in California, the Bay Area in particular, what is the state right now of retail here and leasing uh, with these large triple net tenants? I would say the the market from a velocity point has actually uh, stayed pretty high, and I think that's that would be very shocking for people to hear, especially coming out of COVID. Um, however, what 
was interesting is that we found that like what happened during the financial crisis in 08 and arguably, you know, during COVID, the Bay Area, because of its fundamentals, is usually the last to fail and first to recover. Mm-hmm. And because it, because the buried entry has always been so high that uh, a lot of national tenants and, and local tenants, uh, when they see opportunities uh, that were never available historically come available, uh, there becomes, again, a classic supply and demand uh, situation where uh, the opportunities, unfortunately, are less than those in demand. Uh, so we've actually seen overall in the better shopping center environments. And when I say that, I mean uh, strong neighborhood centers with grocery anchors, uh, well-positioned power centers. There has been uh, really almost an increase in demand uh, for those opportunities, especially for second-gen food space. So uh, there has been a lift, believe it or not, in occupancy costs uh, for those premier opportunities. Having said that, what we've also seen, which has actually never happened in uh, arguably the 20 years I've been in the business, is the influx of inventory in the larger format size. And when I say that, I mean box space, call it from 10 to 100,000 square feet. Because there were so few opportunities before, there was always an incredible demand because again, the the pool of tenants exceeded the opportunities. Um, However, we've seen a shift, especially in the last two years since COVID, where there has been uh, an an influx again in inventory in that larger format space that now does not have the pool of tenants that were once looking. And so when I say that, I mean by cinemas, it could be large format fitness, it could be large format furniture. There just hasn't been a demand uh, like there was in yesteryear uh, for that type of space. And so what do you think the plan will be for that kind of space? I know there has been some talk about potentially residential. Do you think the cities are open to that? What? do you think is going to happen to those spaces? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, what we have seen uh, along those lines are a, I, I would say, a lot of a t- alternative uses uh, that are being proposed and introduced. So we have seen, again, things like large format medical and ent- enter into retail environments where traditionally they would have never done so. We've seen industries like auto, want to get again pivot to more traditional retail environments rather than stay in like an auto row environment Um, with the onset of all the ev you know cars coming into the market there are so many new brands that are even looking for showrooms and uh, even sales centers and or service centers but what's great about uh, that new segment is that they do not expose the the projects to hazardous materials because they're not changing oil, they're not you know fixing engines, they're fixing batteries, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, so really it's it's evolving and it's going to continue to evolve. But I would say that my guess is that there will be a return of that demand um, in the larger format sector. Uh, sooner than later. I think just out of COVID, 
people are rethinking uh, their execution plans and 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 sizes. And it really that trend started pre-COVID, as we saw a lot of uh, what we called right-sizing, and those that realized they didn't need as much space as they thought. Uh, but again, as that continues to evolve, I think at some point in the near term, we will see a return of a lot of those tenants back into that uh, larger format space. So to clarify, you see dif these different types of tenants, not the tenants that left, right? Like Sears and things like that. No, I don't think it's going to be the legacy tenants like the Sears yeah. and JCPenney's of the world. But again, it's going to be an evolution of that. So there could be tenants that may pivot and, and pursue larger opportunities for different verticals of their company. And we're, you know, whether that's companies like Amazon or whether that's companies like uh, larger format grocery stores that are creating, you know, these hybrid food hall grocery store environments. So there, it's just a constantly changing environment and ecosystem, which truthfully keeps it keeps it exciting. <laughs> But I would, you know, I would tell you overall, though, on a national basis, you know, the vacancy rate is just a hair under six percent. So we're looking at about a 5.9 vacancy rate nationally. But in metros like San Jose and San Francisco, they're lower than that. So we're looking at about five and a half percent in San Francisco proper, which before pre-COVID was one of the lowest in the nation, hovering closer to three percent. So there's been uh, obviously a influx of inventory in that environment. And I'll go into that in more detail in a minute. But in San Jose, it's, it's actually down to uh, 4.3 percent. And that is, I think, more of a reflection because uh, not only the, the San Jose Major Metro is actually much more inclusive of, of a larger trade area. So while we do have a traditional downtown, it's really made up of, of more communities around that downtown that are in the form of more, or of more traditional retail environments. And when I say that, I mean, again, those power centers and grocery anchor shopping centers uh, where people continue to obviously spend money. But in San Francisco in particular, and in San Jose, truthfully, in, the, in Silicon Valley and really all over, uh, I think the headlines that everyone, the headlines that everyone read every day are, are really impacting the, the rebound and return of retail, again, in those really more daytime-centric environments. And when I say that, I mean downtown San Francisco, downtown San Jose. In fact, In downtown San Francisco, I think the office market is is still heading towards a trough before they go back the other direction. And when I say mm -hmm. that, I mean, and I say that because there's 1,300 leases that are coming due in 2024. Wow. And, and so while people are not uh, even at back in the office full time yet, um, I think a lot of companies there are rethinking you know, how they are going to house their employees and more importantly, where. And, and I don't think the headlines, even in the last week with Amazon layoffs, with meta layoffs and companies like that significantly slashing their workforce, uh, that is only going to reduce, obviously, their requirement and also require them to rethink even how they're utilizing their existing environments.
I was reading that uh, office vacancy in San Francisco is 25% right now. So I personally have been gone from San Francisco since April and I literally just came back. It's a little bit ghosty where, where all these companies were. And I know that you are leasing mainly more in the South Bay area where, you know, there, there's more suburban. So it, I'm glad to hear it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> And well, actually, our company, believe it or not, while we are positioned here, retail is a little bit more driven geographically than it is by market. Mm -hmm. And when I say that is that we we have actually coverage all throughout the nine Barry counties. So oh, I mean, wow. we I see. Yeah, so we have projects as far north as Santa Rosa, you know, all over the East Bay, South Bay Peninsula. But again, you know, when we do our tenant rollouts, uh, we're rolling them out all throughout the Niagara County. So we're really, we're, we're touching a lot of geographies. But the Bay Area, unlike, unlike office or industrial, where a lot of brokers focus on a submarket, retail is really more driven, you know, by intersections and by mm -hmm. shopping center opportunities than it is, you know, by, call it, working just in the South Bay. Right. No, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, surprised and happy. What do you think owners should be doing to prepare for the next couple of years? You did mention that leases are still very competitive. Uh, do you think they might go down a little bit? Um, price per square foot? Uh, what are your thoughts there in preparation for the next two years? In preparation, I think it's important to think long-term, not short-term. And the knee-jerk reaction with the current headwinds of inflation and interest rates rising is to transact differently. And while inflation is 100% real and CPI is obviously at an all-time rate um, where a lot of landlords were reacting by trying to be hyper-aggressive, uh, like with their annual increases, you know, redefining how transactions are put together And while there is merit to that and it does need to evolve, I think, again, it's really about also securing a tenant today, you know, for the next 10, 20 years and working in partnership with them in finding a solution for a healthy health ratio and occupancy cost for that tenant. And so, again, while that that description doesn't it's not a one size fits all, uh, you know, transaction Uh, the complexion of a transaction for a small restaurant tenant versus a 50,000 foot box tenant are completely different. Overall, though, you know, again, it's planning for the next 10, 20 years and not the next five years. And the, the challenge is, too, though, you know, the every while everybody's facing inflation, it is very difficult to underwrite the uncertainty of the future. And so while the question came from you about how property owners should prepare for that, that same question could also be applied to the tenants. So it's really about finding mm -hmm. that mid middle ground to make sure that it's also fair to the landlords from the tenants that, again, how the, tra how the transactions are created, and, you know, especially when it comes to how you're defining, let's say on an option, how fair market value is determined and what that floor and ceiling should be, right? Uh, at the end of the day, because if we continue at a 9% inflation rate, obviously the value of that dollar in 10 years is not going to be equitable to what mm -hmm. it is today. And so it's important that the, the tenants too, that are also mindful and thoughtful of how this, 
that transaction is put into stone today. So it's really, unfortunately, we're, we're in this zone of uncertainty, if you will. Uh, but again, it's about giving latitude from both parties to make sure that a fair transaction can evolve through time. Thank you for reviewing that. Very, very helpful. James, is there anything else that we should have covered with that in mind, uh, this topic in mind that we haven't covered that is important for our listeners to know? Um, I would say overall, you know, as a broker, we are all, always cautiously optimistic. But I would say that the no one should be hitting the panic button. Business cycles are are natural. They happen. Uh, they are going to happen and continue to happen uh, for the rest of all of our careers listening on the on this podcast today. And I, I think it's important for people to to not overreact and just take the opportunity today as it is and really again just be thoughtful about the other side of the table. Uh, and when people can do that. I think ultimately, you know, fair transactions will be will be made. But really, again, because of where we are geographically, because of how this community was built, and when I say community, I, I'm, I'm meaning the Bay Area, we're, we're going to see growth over time, and we always will. Uh, this is arguably a moment in time, and it's one where all of us are, are trying to adapt um, real time. And no one has a, a crystal ball, but ultimately, whether it's 12 months or 18 months, which historically a recession could last, uh, still can't be worse than what, what we just went through, which was COVID <laughs> and where the world came to a complete halt. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think now this is, again, part of the exhaust from, from COVID uh, as far as just some of the, the neg negativity and, and obviously fiscally, how, how uh, the global economy is reacting. But again, ultimately, I, I'm a firm believer that things will be better than they were before. And the Bay Area will continue to thrive as it always has. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the, in the next, you know, 24, 36 months. So my final question is, are you hiring leasing brokers? Uh, how are you planning on expanding your business? You know, that's a great question. Uh, growth has actually never been part of the business plan as it relates to quantity. However, we are always looking for strategic partners who share our ethos and standard. And that's one that we like to think is very high. And so when architecting the initial business plan, the focus really was around how to redefine how retail brokerage has been executed, at least in my career. And while I learned many things from many people, from many mentors who I respect that taught me a way to do things, I also saw many things that I didn't like. And I'm focusing on both equally to create a culture here at the Econa Company where people can ultimately be the best versions of themselves, whether that's personally, professionally, socially. And it's one where we continue every day to strive to provide a better service, uh, never focusing on the fees, but our quality of execution on the day-to-day -day because ultimately the results always follow when you are unwavering with that standard. 
beautifully said, and it clearly shows that you focus on quality. How Thank can you. our listeners get in touch with you, James? Great question. They are welcome to visit our website at theeconiccompany.com. And that's all spelled out. And Econic is with an E. And all of our contact information is there. And happy to field any questions or inquiries from there. Thank you so much for coming back. And uh, you can come back anytime, James, to share any insights you'd like to share with us. I really appreciate your time. Grateful for the invitation. Thank you. And if you are learning from our podcast, make sure to write us a review on the podcast app. Just click on the podcast icon and scroll down all the way to ratings and reviews. Click write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And I will see you next time.